Just two weeks after Illinois Governor Pat Quinn chopped $1.4 billion from the budget, the cash-strapped state of Illinois is turning to the debt markets to get through the fiscal year. This is insane. Uh, it plans to raise $900 million through Build America bonds to fund the first capital program in more than a decade. The money will be used to improve roads, bridges, and schools. Why haven't they been able to do that for the last 10 years? I don't have an answer for that question. I wonder if the governor does. And this debt issuance is only the beginning. The state plans to raise $1.3 billion in short-term notes next week and $1.4 billion in debt related to tobacco settlement funds in November. If it weren't for the fact that the tobacco companies have been killing Americans for five decades and finally got caught and have to pay, there wouldn't be any money to do anything in any state. And the state plans to turn to the debt markets to fund $3.7 billion in pension obligations in December. If the state legislature approves, they probably will, because how else are they going to get their salary checks and their pension checks? The state already sold $2.4 billion in pension notes in January. The Prairie State is in the midst of correcting years of overspending that has left the state in deep financial trouble. It could have uh, been as much as $6 billion in unpaid bills so far that have left schools, social service agencies, and vendors waiting months to be paid, according to State Controller Daniel Hines. Oh, my golly. We're leveraging our future, and that's not the correct approach, but it was uh, what was chosen out of a lot of bad options, Hines told uh, CNN Money. Uh, the state intends to issue Build America bonds because it's a Recovery Act program that has proven very popular among states and municipalities. The bonds are taxable, but the federal government subsidizes 35% of the interest payments. Ah, good old state socialism. Illinois' actions have not sat well with the rating agencies. Both Moody's and Fitch downgraded the state in June before the $24.9 billion budget was passed. That makes it more expensive and more difficult for the state to raise money in the debt markets, just like Greece. The state has not demonstrated, said uh, uh, Fitch people, the political willingness to take action during the fiscal crisis to restructure its budget and to achieve balance. It's relied almost exclusively on borrowing to close its sizable budget gaps. You can't close a budget gap with borrowing. All you're doing is increasing the borrowing gap. Yeah, it's grease all over and it's a slippery slope. Part of the whole immigration brouhaha, in fact, early on was the Minutemen. You know, the, the, the group formed to stand by the border armed. Oh, yeah, those the guys. guys. Yeah. Well, their founder is a guy named Chris Simcox, and he's being hunted by a former Minuteman and bounty hunter, Stacey O'Connell. And he thinks he knows why, because O'Connell's allegedly having an affair with Simcox's wife, the same wife who accused Simcox of threatening her at gunpoint. Normally, I won't do the story, but let me tell you I, why. I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm my, my daughter yeah. went to um, a private school in the west side of Los Angeles, and they, uh, they had these things called pods, which is kindergarten, first, and second grade kids together. And there were oh, three or four right. of them, mm-hmm. right? And they were, it was really a lovely concept. And one of the teachers there, the most popular pod teacher, he'd been like, played some um, um, little league, I mean, actually a minor league baseball, and he was very involved with the kids in the sports. And I remember I did some little music CDs with him for some like dances and such. Chris Simcox, how in the world could someone so gentle and so loved turn into this madman? I, I when I heard about it, and I've known this for a while. 
I just don't get it. It's got to be chemical. It's got to be something that makes the man drop into this pit. I, you know, the the world, it, it, people just turn into weird things in, in their maybe middle years where you make a decision and it goes the wrong way in your life. Who knows? You know, there are these. <clears throat> well, you could say, you know, so-and-so was getting weirder and weirder, but this was one of those quantum drops. You know, Judith, my wife Judith, has somebody she went to high school with who is the guy who stands in front, a perfectly normal guy. He's the guy who stands in front of the White House with, you know, like words carved in his forehead proclaiming some darn thing. It's perfectly ordinary guy in high school, yeah. So you never know how they're going to turn out, you know, they, why some people might actually get jobs. Now it's time for the dishonor roll of the heartless and stupid. Take them away, maestro. Pennsylvania Attorney General Tom Corbett, who is running for governor, said that unemployed people are purposely avoiding jobs so they can continue collecting benefits from the government. He says the jobs are there, but if we keep extending unemployment, people are going to sit there and uh, I've literally had construction companies tell me I can't get people to come back to work until they say I'll come back to work when unemployment runs out. Rand Paul, the Republican nominee for Senator of Kentucky, said that the unemployed need to stop being so picky when it comes to getting a job. He says, as bad as it sounds, ultimately we do have to sometimes accept a wage that's less than we had at our previous job in order to get back to work and allow our economy to get started again. Nobody likes that, but it may be one of the tough love things that has to happen. Senator John Kyle said that unemployment benefits don't create new jobs. In fact, if anything, continuing to pay people unemployment compensation is a disincentive for them to seek new work. More recently, he called unemployment benefits unnecessary evil. South Carolina Lieutenant Governor Andre Bauer compared the unemployed to stray animals, saying that unemployment insurance is a lot like helping out strays. One is facilitating the problem. If you've given an animal or a person ample food supply, he said, they will reproduce, especially ones that don't think too much further than that. And so what you've got to do is you've got to curtail that type of behavior. They they don't know any better. Flat-out lazy people would rather sit home and do nothing than do these jobs. And finally, Representative Dean Heller, a Republican of Nevada, said that he thinks that though there should be a federal safety net, extending unemployment benefits yet again raises the question, is the government now creating hobos? It's still those long summer nights, Dave, but they're getting shorter and shorter. The beginning and then presaging the ending. And it's the ending of the show presaged by the first 50 minutes of this wonderful endeavor. But we don't leave without some of that fine, fine tang. And this is Lee Poe in his grotto garden. Oh, boy. From the grotto in the garden, I can see the fall moon shining west above the lake. From north of the river... The wild geese are leaving early, singing a song about white flowers. Drunken travelers crowd their boat. They scarcely notice the dew and mist that soak their autumn clothing. My, oh, my. 
That's Radio Free Oz for today. Made possible by the fabulous Oz team. Everybody needs a team. I got mine. I'm Peter Bergman, your host, David Osmond, my co-host. John Cumming, our consultant on things electronique. Phil Fountain does the Oz design group. Ooh, it is just so high and mad out. Tom Gedwillow means to me that the website is up and on. Chaz Glass does the figures and makes them clean. Dave Maloney gives us this fabulous sound. Bill McIntyre produces the whole schmageggy. And Scott Wilde says, keep it hot in the social media. See you when we come back again, which I think is tomorrow. Rock on.